Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to sunrise on this Sunday morning. It's a little chilly outside, but it's supposed to be 60 this week. So praise God that spring is on its way. And I know winter is trying to have one last stand, but spring is coming. And um, I'm, I'm happy and joyful of that this morning. So speaking of joy, I want to read this passage from Psalm 98 to you guys as we prepare our hearts to sing and worship today. So here are these verses from Psalm 98. Sing for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Praise him with songs and shouts of joy. Sing praise to the Lord, play music on the harps, blow trumpets and horns and guitars and drums and shout for joy to the Lord our King. Roar sea and every creature in you. Sing earth and all who live in, on you. Clap your hands, you rivers, you hills. Sing together with joy before the Lord because he comes to rule the earth. He will rule the peoples of the world with justice and fairness. Why don't you guys stand as we sing with joy to the Lord our God this morning.
believe it this morning. Snow all you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, come and act me. Snow shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, come and act me. Snow all you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, come and act me. that's so free that washes over us even though we, we may be that one that ran away that one that deserted but God your loving kindness is so good your love for us is so deep so wide that you came after us Help us to believe that this morning. Help us to understand that, to know that kind of love. Love that goes so deep that no matter what we've done, no matter what past we have, the sins that we've committed, the, the people we've hurt, that you still love us so much that you'll come running after us and pursue us. You want that relationship, that kind of love. Thank you, Jesus, that we can relax our shoulders and know that you care that you love us. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the honor and glory and praise today. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Good morning, Sunrise. Good morning. It's good to see all your tired faces this morning. <laughs> My name is Stephanie. I'm a partner here at Sunrise. It's good to see you. I know that we lost an hour of sleep and that when I checked the weather this morning, when I woke up, the wind chill was negative three and it was snowing. And I couldn't find my keys because my husband didn't put them back where they were going. Oh, that was just me? Okay. <laughs> um, 
But we have good things to look forward to. So the sun is trying to peak out today, and it will not set until 747 tonight. So that is very good. And I think Dan already said it's supposed to be 63 by Wednesday. So we have things to look forward to. And that is good. If you are new here this morning, whether you are watching online or here in person, we would love it if you would fill out our connection card. If you're here, you can scan the QR code on the chair in front of you. If you're online, you can click the link there on Facebook. And if you fill that out, it gives us the opportunity to get to know you, for you to ask us any questions that you might have. And we can also send you a small gift this week. So... Whether you are new here or you've been here for a long time, we have some fun things coming up this spring. Not tomorrow, but next Monday, we have our next uh, Wine and Theology for Women. So that's at 7 o'clock at Osgood's Brewing Company. We have a really exciting topic, if I do say so myself, because I picked it out this month. So we're going to um, be talking about some fun stuff there Uh, next week. We also have a game night coming up on March 30th. Everyone's invited. We will have some games set up here, but you're also welcome to um, bring your own games. I hear that Randy and Sue are very competitive. They were talking about this last week, so, you know, bring your competitiveness and we'll have some fun. Even if you're not competitive, we'll find someone to match you up with. Anyway, um, we are now going to send Sunrise Kids back to their classes um, this morning, and we're going to spend a little time greeting each other, which I think is exciting, right, that we're doing this again. So um, go ahead and stand up. Kids can go back to um, their classes and greet one another. All right, all you extroverts, grab a seat. We introverts are ready to roll. (laughs) Guys, welcome again. This is going to feel like a a repeat, but my name is also Dan, and we're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, Again, whether it's your first time, you've been here for a long time, you're online or you're in person, uh, we're really glad that you're here. We are in our second week of the Latin season, and I just want to ask you a question to help us get going, and that is, what's on your mind? It suddenly gets quiet. Awesome. That's okay. I'm not asking you guys to necessarily share it out loud. Uh, This week, our daughter Addison was in a play, and so we were at a school that we're not normally in, and on our way to the auditorium, there's a long hallway with different pieces of art that the students there in that high school put together, and I thought one of them was really bold to share this. I also posted this on our Facebook page, because I don't know if you guys will be able to see that okay, but... This is a really bold expression from a student, artistically, of what's going on in their own mind. You can open it up on your phone if you want to, on your device, if you're in the room or if you're at home. But I just want you to look at this honesty with me. I'll read it to you for those of you who can't see it quite as well, perhaps. If I can see a little bit better here. I can't on here. So it says, think about it. The bell does not dismiss you. I do. Go to the office. Ask questions. Try harder. This is due at 11.54. You have this missing assignment. You're tardy. Pay attention. See me after class. Your grades define you, but your GPA matters too. 
Why aren't you trying? You have a test on October 28th. Number one, this person plans ahead way better than I ever did in school. <laughs> this is significant. Why don't you understand? There are no retakes. This is worth 40% of your grade. Do better. Finish this. The question that I put on Facebook, for those of you who are following along there, is this. If we gave you a piece of canvas and some paint and a paintbrush, and you could actually paint, and you were given the opportunity to paint what's in your mind, what's been consuming your thoughts, what would you paint? Probably a whole bunch of different things that could be painted on that canvas. That's the thought that I think helps us as we enter today's conversation, this second week of the Lenten season, this Lenten season being the 40 days that we walk with Jesus as he walked in the desert and was challenged and faced trials and became someone who was fully entrenched in ministry, but also as he walked to his death on the cross, we are invited to walk with him and to experience what is a bittersweet walk toward this giving up of ourselves, which feels so bitter, in order to gain something that is sweet. Now, the big picture of Easter, we give up ourselves just as Jesus gave himself up for us so that we could, through that bitterness, experience a sweet reunion with him. And so people in the church for thousands of years have invited us to revisit that kind of space mentally and spiritually and to call it the season of Lent. And this morning, we're going to continue in that, looking at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The question here that's on the screen, if you've been following along on our Facebook page, you saw kind of come up over the last few days to help hopefully prime the pump for this morning. And the question is this, when has God given me this is self-reflective, so not, you're not answering the question for me, but for yourself. When has God given me opportunities this past week to practice a healthy moderation of good things? Having that question, with the contrasting realities of the world around us and the passage that we're looking at this morning, will hopefully push us to the point where we can move enough beyond our own thoughts into the thoughts that we are being encouraged to pursue here in Philippians chapter 4. And will then help us also see how to healthfully engage the world around us. Now let me go back for a second to the question of the things that are on your mind. Before we revisit those on the screen, I want to pray about those. And I want you, as you are here with me in this moment of me talking and you listening, and we call this a time of prayer where we're listening to and talking with God, I want you to take the time where you are to give voice to the things that are on your mind too. It's not with a canvas, it's not with a paintbrush, it's not with paint, but it is an opportunity to present those to the God of heaven who is nearer to you than your own thoughts. And so, Father, we come to you with our thoughts, with our concerns, with the things that have been weighing heavily on us this last week. God, we know that you're with us. At least this is what we read over and over again in the stories of Scripture that we read, that we teach ourselves, that we've taught to our kids, that we've grown up in. And so in this space and time, God, we bring to you our thoughts. The good ones, the bad ones, the ones we've shared, the ones we haven't, the ones that 
we're excited to have, the ones we're ashamed to have. All of these thoughts, God, we bring to you, knowing that you already see them. And so we recognize that in this process, we're not simply bringing them out from hiding and placing them in front of you, but we're looking at them with you, recognizing that you see us and that you love us in and through these thoughts. In Christ's name, amen. So what's on your mind? I didn't put up a real picture for this one because I, I was thinking about what could I put up that has to do with politics that isn't going to trigger people. I couldn't think of anything. So I just put up the word. Some, for some of us, this is consuming our thoughts, right? There are other things too. Constantly on our mind. And then the biggest one that you've seen all over Facebook... There's that subtle laughter of, yep, you got me. (laughs) Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote this brief poem. He says, for flowers that bloom about our feet, for tender grass so fresh and sweet, for song of bird and hum of bee, for all things fair we hear or see, Father in heaven, we thank thee. That's pithy, right? It's brief, it's sweet. But doggone it, there are a whole lot of other things that we could be thinking about, right? That are more important, like tax season is upon us, and we need to be getting our taxes ready. And i got to have a meal plan ready for this week. And my kids are going to tell me at 7 o'clock tonight, 20 minutes before they're supposed to get ready for bed, you can transpose the time, that they have homework that they have to do that's going to take them three more hours, and I have to somehow mentally prepare myself for that right now. How in the world are we supposed to have the time to think about these small, pithy things. I'm glad you asked. Paul, this guy who followed Jesus many years ago, took the time to write a letter to some of his friends who lived in a city called Philippi. His letter to them is in what we call the Bible, in the New Testament, and it's called by the group of people who he wrote it to, Philippians. The people from Philippi are called Philippians. And this letter, in part, is written to encourage them, but it's written to encourage them in the face of the anxieties that they have about the world that is about them, and he writes to them in ways that are helpful to us now, because we also live in a world where there are all kinds of thoughts swirling around us, and he takes the time to write down words that were helpful for those people called Philippians a long time ago but words that are also helpful for us today, even as we walk through Lent. Here are his words. Finally, brethren, probably something more like finally readers, finally people who are trying to follow Jesus with me, and he says the word finally because he's near the end of his letter. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, that's the same slide twice, (laughs) if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It doesn't feel very spiritual, right? Come on, Paul, we... We opened up this book today to get some kind of spiritual vitamin from God, 
something that's supposed to shatter our hearts and move us and inspire us into a great day, this Lenten season where we're going to gather with us just these amazing insights that will bring us hope and buoy us and help us have good attitudes as we pay more money for gas than we want to. And your words are about the things we should be thinking about? Wah, wah. I told you last week that we want this to be a pretty interactive time for us as we walk through this Lenten season. And so I want to start over with this verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And I'm just going to ask you, some of you who are bold enough, to say something to say something out loud in response to the questions that I'll ask you, which will be very simple. I'll, I'll show you my cards right now. I'm going to explain to you what these different words mean, super briefly. Most of them, you're not even going to need me to explain. Here's what pure means. And then I'll ask you, what is something that is pure that you've thought about or that you can think about or that you know of? And I want to hear you guys say something. Or you can type it into your device if you want to, and it'll show up on our Facebook page. Paul tells us to do this. He tells his readers, his original readers, to do this because they live in a world where there is anxiety all around them and things that are pulling for their attention. And Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, thought that it was a good idea in that kind of a context to invite people not to work harder, not to think about their GPAs, not to hurry up and do their taxes so that they could have that no longer sitting on their brains. He instead says, no, there are a few things that we can think about together. And somehow in that alone, there's goodness for us. So, I'll use some pictures here to help explain a little bit. Finally, brethren, whatever is true... Not whatever is agreeable to me, not whatever my friends think is great, whatever is true. I'm sometimes just sitting there with a dog, which science seems to show is just good for you to have a pet sometimes. Helps you feel a little bit less anxious, distracts you enough, focuses you on the things that are most important. Like this creature that somehow finds joy in you while they also decide to leave little gifts for you in different places around the house or your yard. But there's something about sitting with a person or an animal that helps you just recognize that there's something more true than the things that we walk around life telling ourselves. Whatever is honorable, choosing to make the right call, even when it's really hard not to. What's something that is true, what is honorable for you? Think about that for a minute. You don't have to say it yet. I'm still prepping you for your introverts who need a little bit of time to think about it. Whatever is just. I love that picture in the top right. A couple just enjoying love. Whatever's pure. It's cold out and it's windy. But isn't that a pretty picture of a tree out there in the pure white snow? Whatever's lovely. I hate cats. <laughs> but look at those cats up there. 
This isn't uber spiritual stuff, right? This is, Paul doesn't say, think about these really deep theological things that you've heard me talk about and those things that you wish that pastors would never talk about because they're really complex. But if you think about those things, then you'll be holy enough. No, he says, think about whatever is these things. So let your mind wander a little bit. Whatever is gracious. You guys ever go? Yes, you've gone. For those of you who have gone to Frederick Meyer Gardens and seen a cocoon shaking back and forth until this butterfly that is way too big for that small container climbs out of it and sits and waits till its wings dries out and flies off, you know what gracious looks like. If you've been to a ballet, if you've seen a single parent make it through another week with a child and not losing their patience or losing their patience and being able to navigate that well with their kid, you have seen something that is gracious. If there's anything excellent, that's a big word. So I put words up there too. Truth. Ethics, honesty, conduct. If there is anything worthy of praise, which at this point, Paul helps us feel the intent, the force of his words. Of course there are things worthy of praise. Look at the bees and how they, every one of their swarms does this kind of thing. And there is no workbook for them. There is no training. There is no certification. They're born to do this. And it is beautiful. If there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. So for a minute, all the politics, gas prices, meal prep, all of that stuff, drop kick it out of your brain for a minute. And we're going to rewind, and I'm going to read the verses again, and I'm going to ask you, I'm pause at each one, to share with me, whether it's typing it or saying it out loud, something that you think of, that you see in your mind as you hear these words. Finally, whatever is true. What's that? God the Father. What else? God's Word, okay. This doesn't have to be uber spiritual. Mine weren't. Love. Whatever is honorable. Military. What's that? Military. Military. Fighting for what you believe is right. Something else that's honorable. Just the right thing to do. Think about that. Whatever's just. When you think, what's that? Grace. Grace. That is not just. But boy, is it delicious. (laughs) For something to be just, it's done the right way, it's fair. It's more than giving someone the punishment 
that we think they should have because they've done something wrong. It is giving them what they deserve proactively because they are a human being created in God's image. When you think of justice, when you think of just, what do you think of? Type it. Someone say it if you want to. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. How about as simple as helping someone who needs help? Whatever is pure. A child. Snow. How about the intention of a kid who brings you dandelions (laughs) from the backyard? Or a handwritten note. Think about that. What about something lovely? Sunsets, sunrise. Sunrises, sunsets. What else? My wife. Your wife. Man, way to go. <laughs> well done. What's that? Brownie points. Brownie points are lovely. <laughs> something as simple as the kids going to bed on time without a fight. What else? Something lovely. Spring. Spring. Think about that. How about gracious? We had someone mention the word grace being something, forgiveness being something that is a good, just thing. To be given grace is to be given not the full weight of what you deserve when it comes to consequences. It's mercy. Another side of that is to give you more than what you deserve in a positive sense. Christ's death on the cross. And by that comes forgiveness. When a teacher what? Forgives an assignment. Oh, yes. Yeah, whether you're in college and you have a hard time because life is hard and your work schedule messed up or because... You're a student who is sick and you forgot to do something. To have a teacher who is gracious enough to say, you know what, we'll figure that out, that is a beautiful thing. Anything else for gracious? When you're trying to merge into one lane and someone lets you in. Yes! When you're trying to merge into a lane and someone lets you in. That's pretty cool. It's a little thing. It's easy to feel like maybe that's not enough. But Paul doesn't say, think about things that are this gracious or this beautiful or this lovely. He says, think about whatever is lovely. He says also, if there's anything excellent, 
If excellence exists in this world, what are some excellent things that you see, that you experience, that you've heard? Anything in nature. Yeah, the way it rests there, the snow on the branches, it just looks so pretty. Tell you what, when I walk into a high school and I see the artwork that students have put together, I think it's pretty excellent. The insight that students are able to share, the bravery they have to put it out there for people to look at it, that's pretty excellent. Music. Music. You would say that, Dan. There's something about music that disarms you, right? That welcomes you into a space that maybe you might not otherwise go. Resurrection. The resurrection. Quiet. Quiet. Yes. If there's anything worthy of praise, if there's anything in your life that if you took the time to stop and measure it mentally would force you, would invite you to just stop and say to someone, whether it's God or someone else, thank you, what's that? Something worthy of praise. When my husband does household chores, when you're... <laughs> yes! When your partner does household chores just to help. How about recognizing that we're not the only ones walking through a life that is extremely difficult? We read in Matthew about Jesus who is in the desert, hungry, sweating, exhausted, in need of resources, in need of encouragement tempted to make the wrong choices in order to satisfy himself, and he's brought through it. That, for me, is helpful because I'm not in a real desert, but metaphorically, spiritually, oftentimes I feel that's exactly where I am. So something that's praiseworthy for me is realizing that there are stories that help me know I'm not alone. What about for you? Think about these things. I get that it feels, probably for some of us who grew up in good, stout, Baptist, or Reformed churches like I did, that what we're doing by having time to stop and think, rather than hearing someone just lecture the whole time, that maybe this time isn't well spent. I would like to suggest to you that that, in the terms of one of my Bible school professors, is poppycock. Because <laughs> you've got a guy who decided to turn his back on everything he thought was true, who decided to follow Jesus and to hang his life on him and to write down the majority of the New Testament for us, who takes the time to say it is spiritual enough, it is good enough in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of all kinds of things that are pulling for your attention, for you to stop and sit and think. 
the story in the New Testament of Jesus walking with his disciples, and he sees that there are thousands of people there who have accumulated to try to hear what he has to say as he's standing on the side of a hill, on the side of a mountain. And his disciples respond to the situation with anxiety, with stress. Someone needs to feed these people. We need to send them away so they can go to Pizza Hut, they can go to McDonald's, they can check out Grubhub and have food delivered, and then we can talk to them. And all the people who are there are from all kinds of stations in life. Single parents, grandparents raising their grandkids, people who have been separated from their loved ones for whatever reason. And in the midst of all of that, Jesus tells them to sit. And this is a piece of art just called the 5,000 where we are invited to enter the story differently, where our focus is not on Jesus and how in the world did he provide all of that food, but it's on these people who are invited to just sit on the side of a hill for a moment to extinguish their questions about Jesus, about life, to let go of their worries enough to just sit with their kids and eat a gracious lovely, good meal from their Savior. And there is space and time created every church calendar year for us in the midst of Lent in the midst of a world that feels like it is upside down, to just stop, to sit, to feast on the things that God gives us. God, when we hold the warm, cooing body of a brand new baby against our skin, when we sit inside where it's warm and dry <laughs> and we see the beautiful, fat snowflakes gently falling, when we get to sit and see a play where kids who we know and love have invested time to present something that paints a picture of some truth, we somehow press against the part of life that's most real, and we can see and feel and experience your goodness. And God, we're thankful for these things. It's really easy when the world around us that is loudest, that is calling for our attention most, is about how much money we're going to have to pay when we do different things, or how much time is not left to get certain things done, or how far behind we are on this project or that one, or what our friends will think of us if... It is a beautiful and delicious and relaxing thing to know that it is enough for us to just stop and to think, to center ourselves enough, to mentally push aside enough the things that press in on us. so that we can be with you, so that we can embrace again the good things 
that you are and that you give to us. And so, Father, we are grateful today for your Son who came, who walked through a life of difficulty, of trial, of temptation, of thirst. We are thankful for the men and women and kids in our lives who have become family for us. We are thankful for the food, for the drink, for the shelter that you provide. In the midst of this next week, when there are all kinds of things that are trying to pull us in different directions, would you help us to remember that you are right here with us, closer than we can imagine, inviting us to be with you. And God will do our best to do that because we think that's one of the things you've called us to do in Christ's name. Amen. When we come together, we sing songs. And if you're like me, you're probably better than I am. You can sing a bunch of these songs and not even really think about what they're saying. Not really mentally or emotionally or spiritually latch on to the truths that are there. So my invitation to you this morning is to just echo what Paul invites us to do, and that is to think on these things. Maybe you will engage, maybe you will absorb into yourself the words, the truths that are in these songs by singing it loudly with us. Maybe you will best think on these things with a pen in your hand or with your Evernote app open on your phone and you're typing in some things. Whatever it is for you, we are all in an anxious world. And we are invited by Paul to think on things that are most true. So respond with us in that way as we sing the song.
This hoodie that I'm wearing is in part because it helps me think about good things. This is mosaic. It's also because of the kids wearing pajamas today that I wore it. But in the midst of a world where there are kids who need homes, there are parents who are welcoming in adopted kids trying to figure out how to strongly connect with them. There is an organization that helps people do that well, that walks with them. In a world where there are all kinds of stressors, there is an organization that God has put together to help us help people walk together well through life. I want to suggest to you that we will do that best if we can take the time in the midst of an anxious world to stop and to think about the good things that God has given. And as we do that, our lives will continue to be transformed by God's love and grace. And so this week, as you go, would you join with God this Lenten season, with sunrise, to transform this world with His grace and with His love? knowing that he came to give that for us at the expense of himself. So let's do that this week. Sunrise, we love you. As we walk closer to Easter, we hope that you are experiencing more and more of God's goodness in your life. And we're here to support you and love you along the way. Final thing I'm going to say is this. Some of you came planning to financially contribute to Sunrise Ministries. If you want to do that, you can. There's a bucket here in the back. You can drop something on the way, on the way out. You can scan the QR code on the seat in front of you. That's all I have to say. Guys, have a great week. We love you.